Hey there, welcome to another episode of Speakers Magazine Show, and we have a great guest today. Oh my God, Bridget, Bridget. So let me tell you about Bridget McGowan. She has the energy that will make you move to the edge of your seat, so get ready. Um, and and you can and you had to stand to your feet, right? You know that that kind of speaker. So what a, what about an excitement that stayed with you and you had to to be talking about it long after you attended, right? So a lot of people are like, hmm, I really, really love that speaker. So how do you get that? That's the way to describe Bridget McGowan, an award-winning author, award-winning publisher, and award-winning international professional speaker who is known both uh, to be comical as well as memorable. What she'll be doing is sharing a little bit of the secret sauce of what has made her really like the success that she is today in the speaking industry. Um, For her audiences, she energizes them, but also inspires them and let them know that anyone or anything to not get in their way. And she's one of those things. She's been a professional speaker since just 2001, I suggest, right? Because it wasn't like she's been doing this for 100 years and has spoken on programs alongside of prominent figures such as former President Barack Obama, Deepak Chopra, Alex um, uh, Rodriguez, A-Rod, Oprah Winfrey. Yes, I said Oprah Winfrey. Shonda Rhimes, Katie Couric, Janelle Monet, Sir Richard Branson, uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, Dr. Mae Jemison, as well as Sarah Blakely, Mel Robbins, and Common. Uh, she is the prestigious University of Texas at Austin, presented her with the Master Presenter Award. Uh, Canada-based one woman has ca- Canada-based one woman has presented her with two. Fearless Woman Awards, and she has facilitated hundreds of workshops, keynote, and commencement addresses. That's one of the things that people love to do if they're a speaker. That's a goal. Conference sessions, obviously trainings, webinars to thousands of students and professionals who are positioned around the globe. Bridges' really expertise and presentation have been sought after by companies, post-secondary institutions, organizations, uh, CDC, Fifth Third Bank, Vanguard, Lifeguard, I mean, KFC, McGraw-Hill, LinkedIn Local, New York, you just name it, you know, even from the National Association of Black Accountants. But one of the things too is she has a lot of books and we're going to talk about that too, but she's also taught at Prairie. Uh, View A&M University and is part of Texas A&M University system. Uh, not only that, but she's also an entrepreneur. And so we're really talking about the speaking business. Um, entrepreneur, leader, network, writer, uh, a former Forbes coaches, council contributor, a medium contributor, as well as author of several books include Show Up and Show Out. All right. 52 Communication Habits to Make You Even More Unforgettable. And the one that I really love this title, this is what kind of like triggered that said, I want her to come on this speaker's magazine show is Own the Microphone, uh, an amazing collaboration with 50 professional speakers around the globe. Uh, also Rise and Sizzle, daily communication and presentation strategies for sales, business and higher ed pros. And also two editions of Real Talk, what others experts won't tell you about 
how to make presentations at Sizzle. And that's just a little bit about what she talks about. But without me talking so much about it, let me bring up Bridget now to the stage. Hey there. Hello, <laughs> welcome, hello. welcome. Thank you Good, good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I didn't want to embarrass you by by you being there while I'm sitting there reading all of your long bio, right? But I was like, there's just so much. And I didn't read it all, right? I was just kind of like kind of going through it. But there's just so much that you've done. And you've done it since 2001. So we're talking over a couple of decades or so. And so take us back then a little bit, Bridget, about what really made you start this trail. So many people want to be speakers. So many people want to be, you know, speaking on stages with Oprah and Mel Robbins and, and President Obama. So what was it that really kind of like pushed you out there and said, I can do this? Because you could have stayed safely into the education system, right? And just talk. That would have been easier. Totally, <laughs> totally could have stayed nice and safe and comfortable. And that's what put me out there I got laid off. And so I was no longer comfortable. So yes, I used to teach for Prairie View A&M University. And Great then team. after I taught there, yeah, I had a fantastic time there. I went and became a faculty development consultant. Fancy language for, I did workshops at colleges oh. and universities. Okay. I would tell people, I teach professors how to teach. That's what I did. So I did that for an ed tech company and it went through a lot of changes. And next thing you know, my entire team was disbanded. They got rid of all of us with the exception of four. I was one of those four they kept. And then nine months later, they got rid of the, the uh, my team, the new team. Right. Oh and so I had been a professional speaker since 2001. This was 2016 when that happened. So I'd been a professional speaker. I'd been speaking at conferences and symposia and all that type stuff. I said, hmm. I love making presentations. People enjoy the presentations. That's more important. It's not enough for you to like it, but the audience has to like it. Like it. So I said, I'm going to make yeah, a living out of this. I'm going to make a living out of it. So it was getting uncomfortable that pushed me into becoming a speaker full time. Wow. Wow. So when people are making that decision, because I, I I know several clients right now, they're kind of like they're in the full time position, they're doing the the nine to five, and then when they can, they'll work on their speaking business or waiting on invitations, or they're signing up with uh, different organizations that like e speakers or things like that. But how does a person really really make it work? Kind of give us the real. I guess you would say the real truth, the the ugly truth, the good truth, and maybe the bad truth, the good, bad, and the ugly, because I know it's not easy because a lot of people are great speakers, but it takes more than just being a good speaker. It takes a business savvy. So take us a little bit of behind the scenes on how you did it. Sure. Well, one thing that I want listeners to do is to not get sucked into all of the glitz and glam. You see a lot of speakers out there posting on social media. I'm here. I'm there. I was in five different countries Country. in three hours. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, really? No. Like, you know, I just got an invitation to Paris to speak. Like, really? Okay. 
And, and I believe them. Like, they're not being hyperbolic. I believe it because I've done it too. I'll do a webinar. I'll jump in an Uber. I'll run to the airport. I'll facilitate something the next morning and go do another webinar. And I, so it's believable. But I'm saying don't get sucked into that thinking that's all there is to it. Yes, it's possible to do the jet setting and to go from one event to another event and to get all of this wonderful applause. But there's a lot of work that has to take place beforehand. And I want you to be realistic with yourself. So for every one of those amazing social media posts you see, there may very well be 10, 20, 100 no's or rejections that that speaker had to wade through in order to get that glowing, wonderful yes. And I'll be honest with you, I have a virtual assistant who does a lot of prospecting for me. And she okay. is reaching out to events on a regular basis. And so listeners, you're wanting to move from this just being a passion to it being a full-time pursuit speaking. What you must do is reach out on a consistent basis with a clear message that doesn't talk about what you do, but that talks about the difference that you'll bring to the audience. That will talk about the transformation you'll make in the audience. Not about how you're different from the next speaker, but how you're going to pump up, how you're going to extend their message, how you're going to excite their participants, how you're going to make their event better than it ever could be. So you want to reach out to events on a regular basis, pitching what you do that is valuable. And my assistant sends out messages, hundreds of them. So back to my original point, you see all the glitz and glam on social media. There's a lot of work that leads up to it. And it's about you constantly putting yourself out there as a speaker with a core message that people love. Mm -hmm. And I put your website up too, Bridget, because your website is the first thing that people are going to judge. Obviously, they haven't heard you yet. The VA is sending out the information. They're, they're coming back and they're looking at your material. So I want to say the website is very easy to navigate. It shows you in action. It has videos. Obviously, that's really important, right? You've got to have some videos. So there's 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 the sizzle reel. So can you tell us about maybe your first sizzle reel that you actually did and how that was to what you have now? Because what you have now is like superstar, right? So <laughs> I don't want to say right. the first one may have been crunchy, but was it crunchy? <laughs> you, you, you spot on. Okay, keep it real. One hundred. <laughs> And this is a very, like <laughs> but it's an important point, right? It's an important point, Pam, because people feel like everything has to be so perfect. No. Okay. Let me tell you, my first sizzle reel included videos taken from this little handy dandy Ooh. phone right here. Okay. okay. Get a tripod. Position it just so in the room and take your videos. Ask mm. someone to take pictures of you. Go on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com or yeah. Upwork or Thumbtack.com. Find somebody, mm -hmm. a videographer or a photographer to come in and snap pictures of you or to do videos for you. Ask that person to do video testimonials for you. But my first sizzle reel, no, it doesn't look like the one that I have now. That one was composed, was comprised of whatever I could get, whatever media I could get to show me in action, because that's what events want to see. It's nice to have friends or audience members say how great you are in words, but in, in text rather. But if you can have video of you and pictures of you 
actually doing the work, that is what's going to sell you. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We had a comment over here where Stacy Roberts says that, yes, my VA really made all the difference in investing in someone because you can't wear all the hats. You are, as a speaker, concentrating on that, adding value, bringing value to the organization. You are trying to make it so that you sound right and you, you look right and, you know, all the things of the day. So leading up to it, you're leaving it to a virtual assistant to do the outreach. So I'll ask you this question, and this is always just something interesting for me. Um, say I have a speaker, Nicole Roberts-Jones and Dr. Stacey N.C. Grant, right? They're speakers. If they're doing outreach, is there an area or organizations that are, I guess you would say, on your dream list? of where you want to speak? Like, is it educational um, type of organizations? Is it, you know, companies because you like, you know, their food or, you know, how do you, how do you make the outreach and decide who to reach out to? That's a great question. And it's going to depend on the speaker, right? So if you're a speaker where you believe your message is going to resonate with people who are in sales, then find those sales conferences, find those sales organizations, find those sales meetings and put yourself there. Submit the proposals. Sometimes those proposals to speak at conferences don't come with any kind of an honorarium. That's okay. You may have an opportunity to sell products, to sell your books, or to even extend an invitation to people in the audience to speak with you afterwards about how you can come and train their teams. So it really depends on the speaker. Do you want to speak at a company where, like you said, you, you like their products, you eat their food? It's all up to the individual. For me, mm -hmm. I like getting in front of people where they have to make presentations as part of their job or as part of their business. So that means I am spending time with people in HR, in training, in sales, in marketing, and I'm working with them on how to make great presentations. So it's really up to the individual. You figure out where is it that you believe your message is going to be loved, and then you mm -hmm. get in front of those people. I love that. You know, it, it's something what you just said. Where does your message resonate with whoever it is? So a lot of the speakers from Speakers Magazine are quote unquote motivational speakers. And of course, they're looking at, and no, you know, everybody has their own different thing. They're looking at Les Brown. They're looking at George Frazier. They're looking at uh, Dr. Cheryl Wood, you know, motivational speakers, right? It's like, I want to be that platform motivational speakers. And where do you want to speak? And a lot of them don't have that idea of like, what is it that I'm bringing that will resonate to the audience? And they think that everybody wants to hear their message because it's so inspiring. What I really find is a lot of speakers like to tell their story about how they overcame something. You can use that, but Bridget, do you find or do you coach other speakers in terms of like, don't use that story as the one to get in the door. Like I overcame, I don't know, you know, uh, poverty or drug addiction or, you know, abuse or whatever it is. It's, it's that sad story that you overcame. And I find a lot of speakers like, okay, I'm going to say this in a nice way. They're using <laughs> that in a way where they just want to be heard. And that's a story, but it doesn't translate to becoming a professional speaker. So, right. 
Right. So I, I have to go back to something I was saying earlier, and I'm kind of paraphrasing when I say this. Whatever message you decide to put out there and that you decide to pitch, it has to be bankable. I'm taking that phrase from another speaker, big name in the industry. It has but to I be bankable. It. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although it's personal to you, you've had to climb all kinds of mountains and hills and just and we're not discounting your experience, but you must take that personal story in a way that is going to make someone want to write a five figure check for it or four figure, mm -hmm. whatever your mm -hmm. number is. Mm -hmm. It You have to ask yourself, is this a message that pays? Is this mm -hmm. a message where people are going to want me to get in front of their people and move them with it? And so you can take your personal story, but make sure it's a personal story that is going to transcend time, transcend gender, transcend situations, transcend. It, it, it has to transcend different audiences. It has to be one where it's not just about you, but it's about feeding into the hearts and minds of, of others. It's about somehow giving, getting them to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and you have to get away from the my, my, me, me story. I'm not saying get get rid of your personal story. I'm not saying don't lead with it, but find a way to make it bankable. I love that. Oh, my God. That is it. That's everything. I'm going to quote you on that. That is so because so many people are like, I have this story and I'm like, I know, but who's going to pay you for that? It's like that is part of it. So, yes, I I get that. So let's talk about um, books. So did you were speaking before you have books, but have books you've written, Suffly looks like it's about six or seven um, books that you're part of. Are books something that has helped your career as a speaker or was it an out, is it from your presentations that you have done over the years? And it's like, let me just put all this in a book. Right. So I was speaking for 18 years before I finally did a book and it wow. came about because I know. Right. And so our lesson here is it's not about the order that you do this in. A lot of people will say you need to get a book. You need to become a thought leader. You need to become this expert. You need to know you need to blog. No, you can, but there is no exact prescription for how it's done. So mm -hmm. for me, I had been speaking for 18 years. So this is 2019. I was preparing to go speak at a conference in Washington, D.C., where Oprah Winfrey was also speaking. Mm -hmm. And as I was preparing um, to you know, go, uh, as I was looking at the materials from the conference organizer, one of the questions was, do you have a book available to sell in our bookstore? Well, here's the thing, Pam. I said, huh, there are going to be something like 14, 15,000 people at this conference. Oprah mm. is going to have her books in this bookstore. Bridget's going to have a book in that bookstore, too. You see, this is <laughs> what we're I know that's right. I never thought about a book before then. But I've been to plenty of conferences before, attended plenty of sessions, loved the speaker. I raced out and bought the person's book. Why couldn't that happen for me, too? So anyway... I had been blogging for about three years at that point. Wow. And so I combed through, yes, I'd been blogging. So I had tens of thousands of words. Yep. I combed through, 
I pulled the best of the best, organized it, put it into four chapters. Voila, in less than a month, I had a book. And that book went oh on to God. win an award, too. Yes, ma'am. And oh it sold out at the conference. It sold out at the conference. Uh, I could go on and on and on about this book. And I've been thinking about it. So uh, things just kind of took off from there. Um, I don't know if I can credit the book for any of it. I'm sure I can. But... <laughs> But yeah, if it won an award, it. that was that was the that was the thing. It was it was yes. that piece of thing. And then from that, you probably got more media as well, you know, because you can pitch the book. And that's like the hook for getting on TV shows and that sort of thing. And that helped with the speaking as well. So it kind of rolls in mushroom. But the main thing that I want people to really understand is that you were speaking and doing the work, getting the testimonials, you know, course correcting as you go. Like you say, your speaker reel is not what it looked like when you first started, but doing all of the things. Were there any organizations or even personal mentors or coaches that helped you really build your speaking business? Sure. I could not do this without my absolute very best friend, Simone Morris. She okay, okay. constantly pushes me. She constantly makes me be better. So without a doubt, Simone Morris gets all the shout out, all the praise. As a matter of fact, she and I collaborated on a book together. It's entitled Upward, and it was adopted uh, at a university for a graduate um, leadership course. Wow. Yes. That's so, major. Yes. That was, yes. Yes. That was exciting news, but I, I couldn't do this without Simone. When I'm feeling like, oh, girl, I can't do this. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, my That's goodness. It. I don't have the energy. Find the energy. <laughs> That's it. That's kind of like an Oprah Gale kind of a, a relationship, right? <laughs> it's like you've got someone that you know you know, that has the juice and they just need that push. And that's kind of like the way it is. Dr. Portia Lockett is like that. I think Dr. Portia is my best friend. She's been speaking since I could remember and she's excellent at it. Excellent at it. So I'm like her gal. It's like pushing her, pushing her. It's like, mm -hmm, yeah, you're going to, you're going to join, you're going to join here. You're going to hear, you're going to meet this person. Uh, uh, the email introduction comes out nowhere. Yeah, she'll be, she'll be great at that. And that's, those are the people that you do need as your cheerleaders because what you said early on, you said they, people will see the two or three glowing events that you did and the great, but they don't see the hundreds of other, uh, letters or the outreaches that you made. So it's like a, a actor or actress that is going out on auditions. Yes, you may see the one big role that they were in, but you don't see the hundreds of other roles that they auditioned for and didn't get. So you do need someone that's going to help keep you. If you know this is what you're put here to do, you do need that person that will keep you motivated because it does, it does get a little bit testy sometimes, right? Because you could have stayed teaching and it was like every two weeks or whatever it is, you could have got a check, right? But now you have a lifestyle. What has been like the the pinnacle, I guess you would say, or some of the fun things that this career as a speaker that really affords you to have, you know, because it's like, yeah, this is cool. What's the, what's yeah. the one thing that's like, I think this is good. I totally the flexibility without question. 
I do not have to ask anyone if it's okay, if I leave early for the day, if I'm late coming into the office, if I take the week off, if I don't work on Fridays, which I don't, I've not worked on Fridays since I don't know when, unless there's a speaking engagement, right? So uh, the flexibility, family being able to join me sometimes on trips, yeah. case in yeah. point, I it, it, this was just a perfect confluence of circumstances, Pam, let me tell you. My virtual assistant got me booked for a speaking engagement in Connecticut. It was an opening keynote at a conference out on the uh, east side of Connecticut. Now, here's why this is important. My very best friend lives in Connecticut. And not only does my best friend live in Connecticut, but this opening keynote was taking place right smack dab in the middle of our son's fall break. So he's out of school. And when he's on fall break, my husband tends to take vacation time as well. So we go up, we spend time with my girlfriend and her family. She, um, her business was participating in an Alzheimer's walk. We got to do that. Usually I just donate to the cause, but this time I got to actually be in the walk, uh, right? We got to spend time together. We went out, I did the keynote. We went down to New York City, spent several days down there, Times Square, Statue of Liberty, did all the touristy stuff together yeah. because yeah. my yeah. husband and I had been together, but we hadn't been with our son, right? And it was just a blast. So that is one of the things that I love about being a speaker, setting my own schedule, setting my own mm -hmm. rates. I determine my value, not someone else. And mm -hmm. being able to just create this lifestyle with my family, it's, uh, it, it, there are no words. And you get to travel and you get to do all the fun things, right? That's like the cool thing. Yes. But you also are a virtual, certified virtual um, speaker. So talk a little bit, were you certified before or after pandemic or COVID? Yes and no. So here's what I mean. When the pandemic hit, everybody's trying to figure out Zoom and StreamYard and everything. Well, I, I was already, a, a, <laughs> as you were too, right? You, we already knew what that was all about. Yeah. So for me, I had been using things like WebEx and GoToMeeting mm -hmm. and so on and so forth for years. Yeah. Wow. Um, probably yeah, starting in 2009 or so. So to get on Zoom was no big deal. But when the pandemic hit, I saw that a lot of events were concerned about people's ability to connect in the virtual world. And so it's all about credentialing. So I said, well, let me get this credential. Let me get this certified virtual speaker credential to mm -hmm. demonstrate, to truly demonstrate that I have no problem being in the virtual world. But I've been doing it since 2009. <laughs> but it was I just love about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's part of the speaking business. That's that's an entrepreneur as well as a speaker, but just having that credential so that when you are when your virtual assistant is making the outreach, that you can say, obviously, when everyone is staying home during the pandemic, you can say, but she is certified. I, I, I love it. I love it. So as we end this, and I want you to mention some of the books that um, that you have written and uh, where people can get them. Obviously, they can get them on Amazon. But uh, talk about some of the books that um, really, for speakers especially, that would be really helpful for them that you've written. So the first one is the one that you mentioned um, at the top, and that is on the microphone. Let me tell that. you how that one came about. 
in the span of one week, I had, I don't know how many people, it just happened. All these different phone calls set up with people to talk about how I got started as a speaker. And I would leave those calls feeling like I hadn't really energized them enough. It, it just didn't feel right. So what I did was I got together with 49 of my closest speaker friends at the mm -hmm. time. And we put together this book called On the Microphone, how 50 of the world's most uh, how 50 of the world's best professional speakers started their careers and how you can too. And so I you get that. to hear from not just me, but 49 other people of how they got started plus their best advice. And I absolutely, it's one of my favorites. So if you're trying to figure out how do you do this, I start the book off with 25 things that you need to do. The first 15 are must do's. One of them being create your signature talk. That is incredibly important because that's what you want to lead with. And then the other, the remaining 10 items are just nice to do's. So that one is own the microphone, how 50 of the world's best professional speakers launch their careers and how you can too. I now, love it. The second love one, yes, the second one that I'm really excited about. And this is the one that I pulled together in less than a month. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is, I'm telling you're telling me. Um, I don't know how I did it, but I did. It is entitled Real Talk. What other experts won't tell you about how to make presentations that sizzle. And I'm mm. super proud of this one because it's now in its second edition. The second wow. edition came out October 10th of 2022, and it has everything the first edition has in it and much more. This mm -hmm. one addresses more on virtual presentations as yeah. well as sales presentations because I get questions about that ever so often. So those are my two favorite books. On the Microphone, definitely get that one if you're trying to figure out how do I make it as a speaker. And then Real Talk, if you're wanting to sharpen your message, be impactful and be the most unforgettable speaker on the stage, get Real Talk. Oh, I love that. That is that is good. That is good. So both of those are available on Amazon. I want people to go to your website, send you a message, you know, uh, you know, get on your list or, or that kind of thing. Keep up with you, uh, the different conferences and things like that. One of the tricks that I tell a lot of speakers, and then we're going to end, is that if you look up to someone that you really admire and see where they have um, spoken in the past, and typically, they don't always go back to the same event every single year, but look and see where they have spoken and then go behind that speaker and then reach out to that conference, especially if it's someone that's very similar to, to you and you admire them. And, and they had, But just to see if you can speak at where your, as you say, your role model spoke, you know, and, and I'm not saying like, like where Les Brown spoke or anything like that, but just someone who's really like in the same, maybe five or 10 years ahead of you, but just to see if you're ready at that point. And, and that is something that maybe to start, even if you can't even, you, re you reach out to them and maybe they don't say you can't, but at least go to that conference so you can see what it's like, network with the people there, see what, why didn't you get picked? you know, that kind of thing, because you want to really be, if you see yourself, I said, if you see yourself at a spot where you think you should be speaking, really try to figure out like, what is it you need to do to get there and work backwards. That's kind of like the main thing I'd say, you know, just work backwards. Well, where do you see yourself speaking? It's like, oh, well, 
I don't know. I'm just thinking like Valerie Burton. So Valerie Burton spoke at uh, such and such women's conference. I like to speak at such and such women's conference. Valerie Burton and I have very similar, you know, very similar messages or something like that. So just kind of do that a little bit, you know, and it's real easy to do it on social media. Like you said, they're posting where they've been. <laughs> it's like you can follow them on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much, Bridget. This has been really, really good. You have given me a lot of energy just by hearing your story. I knew you would because when I saw you on LinkedIn, shout out to LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I said, I, I, I really would like you to share with Speakers Magazine. And, um, you know, in 2023, I hope to to hear you in person, uh, you know, at a conference somewhere. I'm in the Detroit area, but maybe you'll be at, I don't know, Power Networking Conference or something like that. Or maybe you'll be at NS. Sometimes I go to the National Speakers Network conferences. So maybe I'll meet you at, at something like that as well. Do you have an event that um, coming up in, say, November, December that you'd like to share with us and maybe we can attend? Right, right. So I don't put on events myself. I let everybody right. else do the hard work and I show up. So yeah. uh, so on November 4th, I will be in Dallas at a women's retreat. It's called Ahead Women's Retreat. So I will be speaking there. Uh, just today I spoke at an event. So that's a moot point since it's over with. Uh, let me think. I will also be at, well, that's a private event. I, I'm trying to think okay. of anything public that I'm going to be at anytime soon. There's a lot of private clients that I have that yeah. are not necessarily yeah. open to the public. So I'm going through my list here. Uh, I'll be at Fort Valley State University uh, January 12th, I believe. Okay. Yes, January okay. 12th. And, and that is open to the campus. So Fort Valley State okay. University, if you're there, I'd love to see you on January 12th. And there are others, but we'll we'll stop with that. <laughs> I find that a lot of um, African-American speakers are busy from MLK Day, you know, middle of January through February. A lot of them are booked during that time. And so obviously, if you're going to be a speaker, that's kind of like your prime time. That's your holiday. So please, at this point, you know, get a virtual assistant, have someone help you get the, your message out there, get your sizzle reel out there, get your one sheet out to them. Tell them what value you're bringing. I'd like to add to that. I'd like to add to that because I know you and I were talking offline about how for Black speakers, oftentimes January, February tend to be a really busy time and then things kind of fizzle out for some people. And then there are other people where you're looking and you're like, why aren't things fizzling out for you? This is why. What I want everyone to start doing is make sure that you have a follow-up call with your contact within 48 hours of your event. And I want you to have a conversation with them to say, hey, um, based on some of the preliminary feedback I got, I think I hit the mark. I think everything went really well. Are there other organizations that maybe you're a member of where you think my message would be a good fit and you can make Girl, an introduction? There you it's, go. It's, 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 it, you know, could I offer an, a follow-up webinar series or office hours or right? Think of some other ways that you can bring value either to that client or ask that client for a referral. So don't just kind of close the door and say, oh, okay, well, that was great. But I want you to follow up within a few days while it's still fresh on their minds, the great job that you did. And then see mm -hmm. if you can extend that opportunity to another opportunity. I love that. That is 
that right there, that's a drop the mic moment for sure. Cause people were just so caught up and like, oh, that was a great event. It's like, call the person who booked you and let's have a conversation. Okay. <laughs> we don't want feast or famine, right? So we want the whole feast for all of 2023. So thank you so much, Bridget, for joining us today. Speakers Magazine, we went a little bit over, but it was because it was so good. It was so good. Well, thank you all so much. And I will talk with you later. God bless. Make sure you go to BridgetMcGowan.com. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm Pam Perry and I'm out.